listening to Your Bright Future, a Lava Ridge counseling podcast connecting home and school, where we share tips and tools to build a bright future for our students. Welcome to Your Bright Future with Mr. LD and Mrs. J. We're always excited to have you join us. Thank thank you for tuning in. Today, we kind of have a very important and kind of heavy subject to address, but it's one that's very um, near and dear to our hearts because we've kind of had some experience here at school and, and outside of school, and it's something that impacts many of our lives. Yep, yep. We're going to talk about our QPR training that we're doing for our seventh grade students in this upcoming week. And this is a training that we give um, to sh- to teach the science of suicide. So we've already done a little bit of suicide uh, prevention training this year with our signs of suicide, but now this is one to be a helper, mm-hmm. right? So the reason that we feel like this is so important at Laveridge is because we have had personal experience. Like you say, we've had um, two or three suicides here at our school, three to be exact, um, over the last, you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it's really shaped our culture here at school. We have, we have pretty much changed everything we do because of those tragedies that we faced and, and, to, because we have the goal of not ever having it happen again. Of course. And so a lot of the things that we do are focused on getting to know the whole student, getting to know their stories, getting to know them on a deeper level so that we're not just teacher-student, but that they know that we really care about them. And then we also have adopted these programs mm-hmm. where we are teaching, we're using, we're using evidence-based strategies so that we can get the results that are promised through those programs. And QPR is one of those, and it's a great one. Yeah, I, I love it. And I... I'm on the district crisis team. There's a handful of counselors and other staff that kind of s- support on that. And that was actually my first experience here with Lava Ridge. Yes, it was, it was. It was at Dixie help. High School, and I came over and, and helped with that. But it's it kind of gives me a unique perspective where I've worked at you know different schools and pretty much all the different levels with with schools that have had tragedies of all sorts. But but especially with those suicides, it's it's so heartbreaking to yeah, to absolutely. come into a school and 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 just kind of see the emotional turmoil and pieces that happen. And, and this isn't just a school issue, of course. We know many of you listeners probably have, you know, whether it was in your immediate family or you yourself have struggled with this. It's, it's an issue, is, you know, suicide ideation and suicide that's impacted most of us in one way or another. Yeah, in fact, it's becoming a, a growing crisis. We've got some statistics here to share with you. And um, these change daily, mm-hmm, I think. We're mm-hmm. always getting new numbers, but these are some of the most recent we could find. So in 2021, we had 46,000 people die of wow. suicide. So that was the 12th leading cause of death. Yeah, and, th- and that's for the whole country, that's right? That's the whole yep, country, yep, yep. Yep. That's, that, Those numbers are crazy. Yes, and nationally, we're, the, it's the third leading cause for our age group for mm-hmm. 10 to 19, mm-hmm. um, which that is also tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, 54% of Americans affected by suicide in, are affected by a suicide in some way. Like you said, that mm-hmm. you know someone in their family or someone, in, you know, a neighbor, or they've somehow been affected mm-hmm. um, because we know that those uh, suicides don't just affect the immediate. They, they have yeah. a, they have an effect overall on our whole community. Yeah, there's a heartbreaking ripple effect that there happens really is, there. Yeah. Um, men die 3.9 times more often than women do, but women are 1.8 times more likely to attempt. Yeah. So they'll attempt more, but men are more successful. Mm-hmm. And that and that's interesting. And, and w- one of the big reasons for that, well, I guess there's two big reasons for that, just uh, again in the, in the research and the data, is that men 
are a lot less likely to reach for help and have those social supports, you know, yes, kind of the tough, true. the tough man, we got this on our own. And also that men are a lot more likely to use a firearm mm-hmm. to, to make that attempt. And I hope that that's changing a little bit through our attempts as kids are growing up, that we are, you know, constantly telling them it's okay to get help. It's mm-hmm. okay to ask for help, mm-hmm. reach out to a trusted adult. Um, and so hopefully that will change. Yeah, no, um, no question you know, as a culture, as we move forward, um, 54% of firearm deaths were suicides. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. So that's interesting. 53% of suicides were by firearms. And then there's some, a little bit different statistics for Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Utah is kind of unique. Um, and the most recent data, and I'm always updating these and kind of researching it because I'm QPR certified and, and do these lessons with our students. Um, in the most recent accounting, Utah's ranked ninth in the whole country for deaths by suicide, rates of deaths by suicide, which is, is heartbreaking to think. But in, in the you know 10 years I've been doing this, um, Utah's been as high as fourth in that. So that uh, for good or for bad, you know, I don't know if other states are going up or we're, we're kind of going down. But but ninth, you know, we're still in that top, you know, per, that top percent for sure. Um, and uh, the people are always, I always have students ask me, what are the top states for that? Heartbreaking statistic. Um, consistently, it's Alaska is either one or two. And Montana and Wyoming are kind of the other other ones there. And there's yeah. some interesting kind of correlations with Utah. One of, one of the big ones, that, and again, these are correlations, not causations, but um, elevation seems to have a, yes, a kind of the that. Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain region, and, and which Alaska is included in. The higher elevation has a correlation with that. And, and along with that, kind of that independent Western cowboy attitude where – I got this on my own, you know, I could pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and, and not reaching for help. And, and of course, gun ownership tends to be mm-hmm. higher in, in the Rocky Mountain area than other parts of the country, um, which, which they're like you already said, with the national stats, um, that 54 percent of firearm deaths were suicides, which is kind of sobering yeah. to think about. Um, this is always a hard one for Utah. And part of why this is so important, um, you mentioned for the national one, it's the third leading cause of death for school-aged children. But in Utah, it's the first leading, it's the leading cause of death for, for yes. 10 to 24, that age bracket. And there, and, and stats are always tricky and in, in how those work. One one good news thing that comes out of that, for, for decades, the leading cause of death for school-aged children was automobile accidents. And the cool thing is that those have gone way down. And, and the biggest reason for that, I mean, there's two big reasons. One is that we pretty much all wear seatbelts all the time, right. which is a good thing. And the age of kids getting their first driver's license has gone up. So that that also kind of minimizes that that a little bit. But the seatbelt's the biggest reason. But while that automobile deaths have, has gone down, suicide's been creeping up. And, and those just recently, I think four or five years ago, kind of intersected where in Utah, suicide became the leading cause of death, which is a heartbreaking for thing. Sure, for sure. And, and, and at the same time, I think it's important to kind of put that in context. I, I, I never want students or you listeners to think that, you know, every kid in Utah's killing themselves because mm-hmm. that's definitely not the case. It's a lifespan issue, suicide. I mean, there, there's charts and graphs where, you know, I, I kind of show that, yes, it is the leading cause of death for, for young people. But again, the good news, young people don't die very often, right? You know, right. They, they are, it's, is the highest cause of death, but young people, it's very, very, very rare and very uncommon that people do pass on. Um, 
So yes, it is the leading cause of death. Yes, that is concerning, but it, but it is an issue across the lifespan. Another unique thing to Utah, um, kind of comparing again to the national, what you said that, um, you know, the firearm deaths in Utah, almost 80% of firearm deaths were suicides. And again, stats are tricky and that on a, on a good level, that means there's not many homicides and things like that compared to the rest of the country. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but, but just that 80% of deaths by firearms are suicides in Utah. That's uh, something to be aware of. And, and, and to be clear, these are not all statistics we share in our lesson with students, you know, but I, I think it's good as parents to kind of be aware of some of this. Um, Recent trends, I, this is one that I always share. There's been a kind of big uptick in trend, especially among youth, since 2011. And, and there is a correlation with smartphone penetration with teenagers and adults in, in just the market. And, and it's hard to show causation, obviously, but there, there definitely is a correlation there with some of that the uptick there. Yeah, and that's always on our radar, right? Because we're always concerned with technology use with students. We're always concerned about the, the increase in suicide and the stats. So even though we don't share a lot of this with students um, in this way, we still have it on the back of our minds and it's something that kind of drives what we do here at the school and and we always want to be looking to combat some of these trends and, for sure, and statistics for sure. for sure so yeah and, and i mean just anecdotally every year you know we have students that struggle students that engage in self-harm or have ideation but it is very very rare that we have mm-hmm. those actual attempts it happens and it's heartbreaking and hard for that student for that family for sure. Um, but but just so you know, again, I, I don't want people coming away thinking that every kid at Lava Ridge is depressed and, and having that ideation, although it does happen. It is a rare thing, and we just want to be supportive of that. Well, and that leads us maybe to some of the myths about suicide mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, prevention because a lot some people will think that because we talk about suicide or teach about suicide that that could lead to kids thinking about suicide mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or to suicidal ideation, but that has been proven to be a myth Correct. that we, that it is actually a preventative evidence-based, um, that the more we talk about it with kids, the less likely they are yes, to yes. act or to think about suicide. And I think especially at our age, they are, kids are very much wanting to talk about their feelings, mm-hmm. but they sometimes do not know how to express it, or they do not know how to get the attention they need to talk about those things. And they learn very quickly that if they talk about suicide, that will get people's attention. That will get us to perk up. And, for sure, and, and, for sure. The, and, then, and then they can express the way they feel um, and we can talk about it. And so we try to teach a lot of language. We try to teach them, uh, you know, other ways to identify their feeling and how to cope with things. Mm-hmm. Um, Another myth is that confronting someone about suicide or asking them directly um, about their suicidal thoughts might push them over the edge or trigger them to take action. Um, But the Q in QPR stands for question. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we are encouraging those who are QPR trained to be very direct and ask the question, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about taking your life? And it can be uncomfortable at first to ask that question because we don't want to, you know, we either think that that might trigger them or we think that it might give them ideas. But but as soon as that question is asked with students, a lot of times you can feel there's palpable relief in the room. For sure, like for they sure. take a deep breath and they're like, oh, I finally get to talk to someone about the way I'm feeling. And that's 
what we want. Yeah. We want to open that door for them. I know. I, I Just in our counselor role, sometimes we'll get referrals from students or concerned teachers or parents that are worried about their kid. And, and exactly that. I, I'm sure you can relate to this, but I've had students that will come in just kind of doing a wellness check and I'll be like, hey, how are you doing? And, and you know, first at the first blush, they're like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's yeah, fine. fine. Fine, fine, fine. But then if you act Asked directly, and it could be, you know, in the direct, are you, have you thought about hurting yourself or just kind of, you know, more indirect, but where you kind of do some additional digging often, like you said, and you could just see that they feel like they could finally open up about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And of course that could be difficult. That could be awkward, but, but just giving them that kind of safe space to be able to open it up can be so powerful. And it, and it, and it does not put the idea in their head. Well, there, yeah, many of them are already thinking of it, but that leads us to the next myth, which is anyone can prevent a suicide just by showing caring and just by asking them how they are and, and giving that connection, that human connection. We often think that only experts can mm -hmm, prevent mm -hmm. a suicide or that it takes someone with specialized training, but really that's not the case. Anyone who asks about that and makes that connection with them as a, another human being can often get them the help that they need, can get them to open up, can get them to express where as before they would not be able to have the opportunity. So that's what we really are after is just giving as many people the tools to become that person as possible. For sure. And, and, and a lot of the research, all it really takes to have someone not hurt themselves in that way is to think that they have two or three people that really care about and wouldn't miss them if they're gone. Mm -hmm. and, and most often that's family. But often in addition or instead of it's friends carrying kids at school or teachers or counselors that they connect with or coaches or church leaders, it really doesn't matter how, who, but have that, that number, that plurality of, of people. And again, adults are very important there, especially family who mean a lot to them, who they know care about them. Yes, it goes so absolutely. far. Um, another myth, people think that people think that when people are thinking about suicide that they typically keep it to themselves so the myth is that they won't talk about it mm -hmm, that they'll be mm -hmm. that they'll be you know it's all in there they're just planning and plotting but but that's not true often people who are thinking about suicide will say things to yeah, the people yeah. who they're closest to they will talk about giving away their prized possessions mm -hmm, they will mm -hmm. talk about um if i wasn't here anymore i don't need to worry about that because i won't be here i mean they do say things that that can be signs for the rest of us to be like oh something is not right here oh, especially sure. if you are trained especially if you have this qpr training and you know what those signs are to look for i think it's helpful to uh, to be able just to have those little flags go off in mm -hmm, your head mm -hmm. and then you could say let's go get some help mm -hmm. i care about you i love you let's get you to someone who can help you yeah no i yeah that's an important myth the last myth i i think is an important one um that young people most often tell their parents or another adult and that usually and again these are generalizing but most often they'll tell a peer mm -hmm. and that i think first and foremost is why qpr is so important for sure because if a friend's thinking about this or, or struggling with the ideation or just struggling with depression or sadness ideally they're reaching out to you as parents and, and talking about this stuff and often they do and and thank god for that but but often they go to friends or peers first who who don't always know how to deal with that so that's why we 
do this QPR training so that when, if and when that does come up, and, and I do tell students at some point in your life, hopefully not anytime soon, but at some point in your life, you will have a friend, a family member, a coworker, or someone in your class who struggles with this stuff. And it's good to be armed with information and knowledge of how to help with that because it could be so intimidating even as an adult, but especially as a, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade kid, not knowing what to do. Here's this person you care about and, and they're hurting and they're kind of asking me for help. They're talking about hurting themselves and I don't know what the heck to do to help them. Right. And, and so that's where this QPR training yeah. comes in. In fact, the P in QPR stands for persuade. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the whole idea is that we're persuading them to talk to someone, get help, go you know, they're not alone anymore. For right? sure. So question, persuade, and the R is refer. refer. Yep. So we're going to, you know, try to get some professional help and get them to the to the people who they really need to be speaking to so that they can start to solve some of these problems. Nope, that's that's perfect. And, and that's kind of the first, this is going to be a two-part podcast. And the first one, we just kind of wanted to do the overview, kind of the statistics, why we do this, why the need is there. And then the next one, we're going to dig into some of the specifics, some warning signs that I dig into the Q, the P and the R. Um, but, but kind of the final takeaway message, I, I just to reiterate, I, I love the quote or idea that be kind for everyone you know is fighting a battle. And that is so true. I mean, especially in middle school, I think of your own middle school experience. We all had our battles we were fighting, and it's it's true for us adults also. And of course, we would never be able to do this, but I sometimes wish we could just see the battles we're all dealing with. Because some of us are really good about just still taking that in stride and, and, and dealing with it inside, where we don't let the outside world know. But just how powerful would that be if we could just see that we're not alone, that we're all kind of fighting our own stuff and, and dealing with our own things and how kind we would be if we, if we saw that. Cause often we could be short with each other or unkind, especially middle schoolers. Right. But, but just being able to see that in each other. And, and, and again, this is something we reiterate with these students is that we do this. Yeah. In fact, um, it's interesting you say that because I was just teaching a lesson today in um, our CCA classes mm -hmm. about college and career planning. But right before that, we often like to tackle on a little, you know, mm -hmm. just a kind of a counseling message. And so today we were talking about kindness and mm -hmm. how to be kind. And, and part of it is because I just watched a video, uh, which I didn't show to the kids, but the video was teenagers just walking through normal life. But as they walked through, you could see the challenges that they were mm -hmm. facing with kind of pop up around their head. And, and, it, and you, it's true. You just never know what people are going through. Yeah. People could be going through so many things. And so today my message to the kids was to be kind, just yeah. be kind. I think that personally, I feel that kindness can solve all kinds of problems. You know, sure. I asked the kids, you know, do you think kindness and respect can solve racism? Mm -hmm. I think it can. If you mm -hmm. really think about it, um, can kindness and respect solve violent crimes? Mm -hmm. Of course it can. Can it solve world hunger? Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. for sure. I mean, we have, there's so many things that just... These being, elementary things. Yes, yeah, so such so a simple thing and such a simple choice, but it is can have such a huge effect on the world and, and people. So again, our goal is to teach the kids um, to follow that mantra, to be kind, be respectful, and then watch and see what their fellow students are, are 
feeling mm-hmm. and then try to get them some help. Yep, for so, sure. All right. So like we said, this is a two-part series. So we will be um, airing the second part next week. And please um, tune in and please also talk to your kids about what they're learning. It'd be awesome if you guys you know, talked about listening to the podcast, um, ask them what they've been taught, and then maybe you even listen to the second part together to kind of re-establish um, the things that were taught in class. And, and then you'll know what they're learning and you can also be a great support to them. So, For sure. Thank right. you. Thanks. Thanks.